Hello all and welcome back to another episode of the Game Time CT Staff Pick'em's podcast for a special state quarterfinal picks edition. We're here to pick all 16 quarterfinal games that spanned across four classes and there are some good ones. I'm your host Pete Paguaga and as always I am joined by Game Time CT Super Producer Sean Patrick Boley and Game Time CT Columnist Jeff Jacobs. Now, Jeff, before we get into the standings, I know you want to talk about them. We have 16 games to choose from. Everything's on the line. Winner go home. Uh, at the end of the regular season, here is how we head into the postseason. In first place, we have Dave Stewart with a 95 and 40 record. In second place, we have Chris McNamee at 95 and 41. And in third place, rising from the ashes like a phoenix. Jeff Jacobs at 90 and 45 in striking distance. Well done, Jeff. Well, I'm a rookie too, you know. Yeah. You did it. You you got you got your rookie. You hit your rookie wall early. Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, like I said, I started picking with my head, not with my heart. <laughs> uh, Scott Erickson's 88 and 45. Mike Fornabio last two years ago, champ, 86 and 47. Maggie Vanoni. 8651, Will Aldum 8550, Pete Pugaga 8450, Sean Bowley 8351, Joe Morelli 8352, Will Bloxham 8352, and the eight ball at 79 and 55. Now you're going to be like, whoa, why are those numbers really don't add up? Obviously, the game of the week that we had during the regular season, we had for, I believe, 11 of the 12 weeks uh, as an added extra point. So if you get it right, you get an extra point. That's why the numbers don't add up to an exact number like they have in previous years. Okay, now we are going to start in Class S. We'll save the big boys for last. We're going to start in Class S, and the first game we have is number eight, Morgan, at number one, Bloomfield. Some quick notes. Bloomfield, again, 2,000-yard rushers this year in Cornelius Patrick and Dallas Rose, and this is my favorite stat about Bloomfield. They've allowed 44 points this year. That's 4.4 points a game for those who like to do math at home. Uh, Morgan, Drew Nye is, you know, obviously his dad, Peter Nye, was a former coach at Morgan, coached at Han, coached at Han uh, on that staff with Steve Filippone. Uh, but Drew Nye's stats are out of this world. 3,168 yards and 44 passing touchdowns. Wow. I don't know if Morgan has played a defense like Bloomfield's yet this year, but you no. have a quarterback who can throw the ball like that. That changes a whole lot heading into that game. Uh, Jeff, since you're in third place, we'll let you yeah. Thank you. Um, <laughs> the key stat that I'm looking for in this game is how many interceptions Mr. I throws. If it's a few uh, or none, then it's Bloomfield by not too much. But if he throws a lot, it's Bloomfield by a lot. Check. Check. So I guess that's a Bloomfield by a little. <laughs> I, <guess laughs> <it was bad. laughs> I don't know. I just, yeah. it was, my, my variable was Bloomfield by a little and Bloomfield by a lot, but definitely Bloomfield. I think I've seen Drew and I play. I saw him play against Cogginshaw. Co 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 like an amazing job. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Just throwing for all those touchdowns and, uh, you know, it's, but uh, Bloomfield is a monster. Pete's seen him, um, and uh, you know they, they look like they're the real deal in class. As I, I'm going to go with the Warhawks. I will uh, complete the sweep with 
Bloomfield, who is looking for their first title since 2018. It would be their 10th title overall. All right, we're going to move down class S. We got number seven, Notre Dame Fairfield, traveling to Pearson Park to play the number two Cromwell Portland Panthers. couple of things. Notre Dame Fairfield's got like 22 kids on this team. Yep. That play. It's, I mean, the job that they've done to their coaching staff to, to get them to get to the playoffs this year and, you know, in football to, you know, you could have a really good team, but when you have 20 guys, nothing can go wrong. Right. Especially in a year with COVID. Like nothing can go wrong, and it hasn't. They went seven to two to get in the playoffs, and they're going up against ten and zero Cromwell Portland, who at the beginning of the year, you know, when I spoke to Randall Bennett, he was so confident about this group going in, and like coaches are rarely ever that confident, or they are, and then they're just not as good. Um, but here they are, ten and zero, led by an unbelievable linebacking group of Owen Brunk, Teddy Williams, and Ryan Roche. They've allowed sixty-four points. You want to talk about great defenses. They've allowed 64 points this season. Um, Sean, you're up, you're up first. Um, Noreen, Fairfield, great season. Their common opponent is Rodney Hayward. They both both beat up pretty well. Um, you know, Cromwell last week needed need a little time to get, get it going, but the Owen Bronk, uh, you know, and Teddy Ballgame uh, doing a great job there uh, pulling away from Rocky Hill. A, good, a pretty good Rocky Hill team, but I'm going with the Cromwell Portland Panthers. I kind of want to take Noreen, Fairfield, but... No, I'm going to go with Cromwell Portland. I think I had four or five uh, games that I really hemmed in hard over. And this was one of them. And I originally, I'm going to be honest with you, I originally wrote down uh, Notre Dame Fairfield. There's a, something about that team that I like this year. They've, you know, they've, they've played some good teams. They've, uh, Played some good games, but Cromwell Portland and they and I always get nervous. Like I said, I, I get more nervous than teams that play within their league. I like think you guys do, but so because I don't have a real feel for how good they are outside that Pequot. I have no mm-hmm. feel, but they are just so sound defensively, and that linebacking core is so terrific for Class S. I just think they can control enough points to get enough points to win. So I'm going to go with Cromwell Portland. But I want to say that's only a three-quarter vote. <laughs> well, it counts for so one. So you get three-quarter three points for it? <laughs> <laughs> no, if they lose, if they lose, I, I'll take the point two five. Yeah, yeah. To win, I'll okay. Be okay. <laughs> uh, Cromwell Portland. You know, if this was, um, yeah, I think, and Jeff, you, you – wrote about this Cromwell Portland team earlier this year and, and how coach Bennett has really tried to, you know, yeah, they're a class S team, but he's going to run them like they're a class L, like they're a class double L with the two platoon system. And I think that puts them at a huge advantage in this tournament against a lot of class S schools that play the same 11, 12, 13 guys. Um, you know, if he's going to play 22 different guys, you know, 20 different guys, that gives them a huge advantage. If he's playing more guys on the field than Notre Dame has on their roster. Uh, right. And for That's that reason, point. for that reason, for that reason only, and a lot of other reasons, I'm going with Cromwell Portland. But, you know, I just – that's going to give them a huge advantage the rest of the way during this tournament if they can win this first one. All right. We got a rematch. We uh, This was a game-time CT game of the week. Um, we got number six, Seymour, going to Jarvis Stadium for the second time this year to play number three, Ansonia. Ansonia is obviously coming off the loss on Thanksgiving to – 
uh, Naugatuck to break their 103 consecutive victories over NVL opponents. They have a shot to start another one right away. Uh, they played earlier this year, and Sonia won 33-8. to All three of us were at that game. Uh, like I said, it was a game-time CT game of the week, and everybody picked Ansonia to win, but Sean. So, Sean, I'm going to let you go first to see, would you like to right your wrong from earlier this year? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I was at the, uh, before, a couple nights before Thanksgiving, I was at the chapter dinner of the New Haven, uh, fo- fo- uh, the New Haven chapter of the National Football Hall of Fame. Um, anyway, uh, and Rich Marazzi busting my chops. Mr. Ansonia over there, Rich Marazzi busting my chops for picking Ansonia against Seymour. I'm oh, sorry, Seymour against Ansonia earlier. I'm like, I'm not making that mistake again. He goes, what are you picking on, on Thanksgiving? I'm like, I'm not making that mistake again. I'm going with Ansonia. Ansonia gets beat. Okay, so now I'm, uh, I, I just can't get this league right, number one, and I can't satisfy anybody, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm going with Ansonia until until never. I'm never picking against Ansonia ever again because I think I'll win more times than lose. I'm going with the Chargers. Well, I'm on my win. I'm I'm on my apology tour uh, today. Uh, I believe I made it sound like Ansonia was never going to lose again in that league. I think I think because of the scheduling, I've disrespected Nogatuck. So I want to apologize to Nogatuck and for and. Uh, but I went to that game, I didn't, like I said, the Ansonia Seymour game. And if Seymour can beat Ansonia, uh, they better have a whole new bag of tricks overnight. So uh, I, Ansonia, uh, by plenty. Yeah, Ansonia is going to start their new 100 game win streak here. <laughs> um, this is game one of what will be a 100 game win streak in the NBL for Ansonia. You okay. know what? Just quick, just real quick. That was the year 2010 when they lost last time. Remember, Arkel Newsom was a freshman. Okay, wait for that guy to show up. Go ahead, Pete. <laughs> All right, now we're going to finish off the Class S quarterfinals with number five, New Fairfield, at number four, Holy Cross. Uh, we spoke about New Fairfield earlier in the show. They played a really tough schedule to get here. They remind me a lot of Shan from two years ago, coming in with. L's and double L's littered on their schedule. Uh, they got they won enough just to get in, and now they're sitting here on the road. Um, and I think they might be the most battle tested team in this tournament. Um, they played, they should have beat Massey. They were up 21 nothing on Massey, and they were beating Newtown 28 28 nothing. Sorry, they were 28 nothing, lost 29 to 28, and they were in it against Newtown. It's a really good, really good team. James Caswell. Broke onto the scene week one, rushed for like 300 plus yards, and we're like, who the hell is this kid? And he has kept it going and has the Rebels in the playoffs. Then on the other side, you have Holy Cross, uh, another NVL team who has made the playoffs. They sit in at eight and two with their only losses are to Ansonia, who they played really well against, and Naugatuck, who is in double, is in L as the number two seed. Um, It's been a while since Holy Cross has been here. Um, actually, the last time they were in the playoffs, they won the championship in 2011. So, uh, I, you know what? I'll go first for this one because I, I'm trying to go first more in these picks. But I'm going to lead. Up, I'm going to go with New Fairfield. I, I'm going to take the bat, the battle tested team, um, who I think comes from a much better conference, and they've played much better opponents throughout throughout the year. I this is the first um, quote unquote upset that we have picked so far. 
because uh, New Fairfield's the five seed, even though they yeah. probably shouldn't be. All right, uh, Jeff, who do you got? Oh, big, big rebel yell for New Fairfield. <laughs> I said I him and Holland over four games. This wasn't one of them. New Fairfield for the for the reasons the aforementioned meat reasons that you stated. <laughs> John. Yeah, New Fairfield. I mean, look. <laughs> Holy Cross. I saw Holy Cross. Holy Cross got some dudes. You know, Leegy's good. He's Leegy's a junior. Awesome. Leegy's really good. He's a junior. You know, um, you have Cowitz, a uh, uh, Sonic quarterback, and, you know, you have uh, you have some guys, some receivers out there. I saw him against Willen, you know, and they, they took it to him, and I thought, you know, they were going to think it was going to happen. Like, they didn't beat Ansonia. I think Nogger took his shoulder in the door, and I, you know, I thought Nogger was okay, and I don't know, Holy Cross. I picked them and they, they burned me, so I'm going with New Fairfield. You know, it's there a little is. more reliable, a little more reliable here. I'm gonna go with the sweep. You know, they pick the Rebels. They play, you know, look at the teams that New, New Fairfield's playing. We, we, we all agreed on it. Which Can I ask which one do you feel the, the iffiest about? My, mine is Cromwell Portland. That's my iffiest. Yes. I don't, feel, I don't feel iffy about any of my picks. Any of them? You're 4-0, bro. bang. Or I'm 4-0, baby. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, if there's going to be one, that would be it, but who knows? Yeah. Um, Could rain, be Jarvis Stadium in mud. Right. <laughs> Probably help Antonio. Actually, go ahead. All right, we're going to move to Class M, and right off the bat, we have number eight, the Gilbert Northwestern Housatonic Co-op. Uh, traveling to Dayville to play the number one thrillingly fighting Chad Neals. Um, this one, the Gilbert Northwestern, we're just going to call them the, like the Litchfield County All-Star team. That's just what I'm going to call them. That's what they are. Okay, That's exactly what they are. Minus... They're the Berkshire All-Stars. <laughs> uh, minus not a walk, but. Let's call them that. I mean, yeah, all right. <laughs> but they had such a weird season. They had two games get canceled due to COVID. They saw a third game get forfeited by Derby. And then they had to add a game to their schedule just to play. So they added Amistad and it doesn't count. <laughs> so they only played nine games on the field. Only eight counted. And I think at one point, they went a month without playing a football game. They're, before they beat Granby Canton, which was a huge, I think, upset win in the Pequot, 21 nothing on Thanksgiving. They hadn't played since the day before Halloween. They went you know two major holidays without playing a game. You know what's wild? If uh, if they counted the Amistad game, Plainville's probably in the playoffs. <laughs> very true. It was that close. Uh, I feel bad for those guys. Uh, 1.25 points. But here they are. They're, they're pretty Scott good, though. Scott Salas and the Yellow Jackets are in the playoffs for the first time since 2013 when they had Tony Ortiz, John Lippincott. It was my first year covering high school football. And I was so I was so pumped about them getting in the playoffs. And Bully was like, ah, you know, Joe Barlow. And Barlow smoked them. Um, but they're in the playoffs, and they're playing against Killingly, who I think we all thought would be here at the number one seed in Class M. Killingly only played nine games this year, 9-0. I mean, look, we know everything about Killingly. They're going to run the ball. They're going to give the ball to Jack Sharp. They're going to give the ball to Soren Reed, and they're going to force you to try and stop them, and it's very, very hard to do. Killingly's kind of, they've been a mainstay in the playoffs, fifth straight class M appearance. They've been to the state final twice in 2017, 2019. They won in 2017, lost in 2019. Jeff, it's your your neck of the woods for the home game, so you get first picks. Oh, K-Town all the way. Yeah. 
uh, I will say this though, they have turf there now, so there won't be any repeats of like when they played Genie State, who uh, Adam Starvish from Genie State agreed it was the worst field he had ever seen. I said that at the time, and he he, he agreed with it. So I'm telling you, it was the worst that I'd ever seen. So the good news is that uh, that uh, the Litchfield County All-Stars will not have to be muddy afterwards after they get muddied on a scoreboard. But yeah, can, we get you on a, can we get you on a bus for that game? Go from Quinnabog. <laughs> I mean, not Quinnabog. Go from uh, no, Gilbert's. No, I'll take, I'll take my little car up to K-Town. Uh, I'm going to go with Killingly, too. You know, Freddie Camp, pretty good player. You know, he's a three-sport guy, right? Northwestern, Pete? Uh, yep. And, uh, yeah, he's a good running back, and he's had a few – they've had a few upsets this year, so shout-out to them for that. This is uh, not going to be one of them. <laughs> I'm no, going to think... go with, <laughs> with Killingly. Yeah, if this game was at – Gilbert, though, Van Wye Field, all grass, kick on one side of the field. I think you would enjoy it, Jeff. But, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I, with... I did cover a game this year with Ellis Tech, uh, uh, excuse me, at Ellis Tech, where uh, they went for two-point conversions only on one side of the field. To see the other side of the field down near the end zone was 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 not really playable. Yeah, at uh, at Van Wye Field at Gilbert. Um, it's up to the school's like up on like a mountain and um, so you can't kick extra points on one side of the field so if you score you have to walk the field to kick oh. your extra points. It's like Quig- it's like Quigley Stadium back in the day for Notre Dame yeah they call Way it back the when. van the van Y walk <laughs> um, and it's grass and very muddy but I'm gonna I'll complete the sweep I'm gonna go with killingly uh, again all right we got another we got another rematch this one like five days in the making uh, we got number seven Ellington facing off against number two Rockville in the battle for route 83 part two um, these teams met literally Wednesday night Rockville won 27 to seven uh, like Sean said earlier it was scoreless at halftime um, there's a lot of history between these programs uh, Eric Knickerbocker went to Ellington played at Ellington, coached at Ellington with Keith Caucus, and then Keith came when Eric got the job at Rockville. Keith worked with him on the coaching staff at Rockville. They know each other really well. More than they, they know each other more than they did playing five days ago, six days ago. But uh, we have another rematch here. Sean, who do you like in this one? I really kind of want to pick Ellington in this in this one. You know, I, I think uh, you know second time's a charm here, and uh, in fact, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going with Ellington Knight to pull this one off. You know, in the upset, kind of do what the SMSA did a few years ago when they lost the regular season to, to Coventry, which was the number two seed, and then they turned around, they beat them by like three points in the uh, quarterfinal round. They advanced. You know, uh, this is like I think this is the second, the third rematch from Thanksgiving since uh, since we went to this system. I think uh, I think Maloney uh, and Platt was one year, and then the Coventry, the infamous Coventry. Both actually, was Pete, wasn't it both times they, the, the team that lost won the next week? Uh, yeah, but Platt and Maloney played in the semis, not the quarters. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So anyway, so but still, same kind of concept here. I'm going to take Ellington. I was really, uh, I really was giving this a lot of thought, and I actually... Uh, was on my way into my car to go to ride along Route 83, which isn't all that far from my house, just to contemplate it. <laughs> but then I said, nah, I'll go home. I'll go right back in and feed my face and watch the Patriots and the Giants uh, uh, 
on television. So, uh, Rock City in a repeat. Yeah, I'm going with Rockville too. The Rams go to the semifinals. It's an interesting um, little anecdote. Or I don't even know if it's an anecdote. But when Rockville made the playoffs in 2017, it was like a kind of a surprise. They got in on Thanksgiving, lost their first uh, round game, which I believe to St. Joe's, who ended up to win the M title. Last year, they win their quarterfinal game. They lose at home in the semifinals to Weston, who went on to win the state title. If you're a hockey fan, Jeff, I know you are. They talk about taking steps each and every year, right? You make the Western Conference Finals, you lose. The next year you win, you get to the Stanley Cup, you lose, right? This is, I think, the road that Rockville is on. I think they they get a shot in the semifinals to right their wrongs from two That's what Killington ago. did. Yep. That's what Killington did back in the day. Anyway. So, we move on to so that was the first game that we did that we picked different. Sean took Ellington. All right, I think this one might be a little different too. We got number six Torrington, another NBL team, going to yeah. play Granby Can. Who's number three? Despite losing uh, to Gilbert on the final day of the season. Now, interesting note about these teams: neither has ever won a state playoff game. Torrington wow. is 0-2. Granby is 0-3. Uh, and wow. Granby Canton, I think, is 0-1. Or mm-hmm. 0 and 2, and Canton is 0 and 1 by themselves. So combined, they're 0 and 3. Because uh, they've only been a co-op for a couple of seasons. Yeah, they went to the playoffs in 2015. Remember that year, Rick, Rick's team? Yep. Yeah, they lost to uh, with, Seymour. With... Yes. Yeah. And, uh, but Granby Canton was in the playoffs in 2019. They lost 10 to 6 to Waterford. In a yeah, really that was the best game. game. That was the best, best game of the quarterfinals. A game that we all thought Waterford was going to run away with. Yeah. Oops. But, you know, we got – this is – if you want to cover a game on Tuesday and you want to get out early, this is the game to cover because neither of these teams throw the damn ball. All right? Torrington comes in with Sean Klinkscales and Tyler Seminich. They just run the ball. They run the ball 40, 50 times a game. Uh, and same with Granby Canton with Luke Marr and Will Atkins. Like, they just run the ball. This one's going to be a quick one. It's at Granby Canton. There's – I'll go first on this one because I, I covered these two teams for a couple of years when I was up in it's the Pumwaga Bowl, and um, <laughs> I, I you know I was there when Granby Canton first started their program. I was there when Jason Rodriguez took over the Torrington program, and I'm going with Torrington. Here. I just I like I like this matchup for Torrington. It would be really cool if they got a their first playoff win ever. Uh, Gaetan Rodriguez, who is a member of the John Ferrazzi coaching tree. <laughs> But, um, uh, yeah, I'm going with Torrington here. Sean? T-Town, 100%. Um, but, you know, you talked a little bit about Torrington love to run the ball. They, they love to hit that play-action pass, though, that rollout to the right, and they like to hit the guys when you least expect it. So uh, they like to kind of soften you up and then hit you with a play-action or some sort of, like, bootleg. And, uh, you know, that's big trouble if you're not ready for it. So I, you know, I'm going to like Gaetan and the, and the T-Town Raiders. Unlike, this was not one of the four or five games I handed in on. I got Torrington. I could be wrong, but I like Torrington in this game pretty – I'm not going to say by convincing, overly convincing score, but I, I, I have faith in Torrington in this one. They've, they've, they've rumbled pretty well this year. Yeah, and they, they beat Naugatuck. Naugatuck's only loss is to Torrington. And if I remember correctly, I picked that game correctly. Ooh. But I could Yeah, I didn't. Help you move in from you know, help you move from ninth to eighth place. 
Oh man, look at him! <laughs> Somebody is really feeling their feeling their uh, feeling their oats here. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're gonna wrap Jeez. up class M with another rematch. Brantford back on the road as the number five seed to go up to Avon. The only benefit is Brantford's done the drive before. Congrats to Brantford. Um, but. Avon's in the playoffs of the 7-2 record. They didn't play the first three weeks of the season because of COVID uh, issues, but they were able to get in a lot of their games. They're 7-2. Brantford is at 8-2. You know, they they played, like we said earlier this year, they played on November 5th. Brantford won 21-7. I think, and I won't go, I won't go first this time. But the last time Brantford was in the champ in the playoffs, they won the championship. It was 2005, yep. Yep. and I was a sophomore in high school. But it happened. Uh, but John Lamone and the boys are, are here. We had John on the show. We were talking playoffs. He didn't want to talk about it. They go up. They beat Avon. We're like, yeah. Then they lost to Guilford, and we're like, oh, no. Here we go. They rallied to win the last two games. Beat Law, beat East Haven, are in the playoffs. Avon, we don't really talk about them that much, but their quarterback, Tabor Ingle, is really really good he's a really good quarterback uh someone to keep an eye on in this game jeff who do you got did you hum and haw over this one oh well brantford beat avon correct yep as i was looking through it that that was a reason um i'm going with brandy uh that's a that's a big reason and um they had a good season something about Avon, when you come down to it and you're missing a lot of games, you're making them up and stuff, you can look at that as two ways. It's like, they're get, you know, you're gaining momentum after that or some a little of that is going to catch up to you. I don't know, the combination of Brantford already beating them and how that will all finish out, it's got me going for Brantford. Yeah, I'm going to go with Brantford here too. Uh, and I was funny, I was talking about John Malone, the, Lamone on the, the uh, Tuesday night before uh before thanksgiving at the at the dinner or the the yeah it was the the dinner anyway and he was convinced he was going back up there again and i'm like no no man i'm starting to do the math on my scribble sheet which is gladly in this waste paper bin now but uh we're sitting there trying like no this could happen and this could happen i think you guys got a good shot to host it sure enough (laughs) sure enough there it is boom and doom wins over and he's going back up to avon at least they know the way you know i I like i like the I i like i like the hornets yeah, I, I'm going to agree. And, you know, John came up to me when, uh, Wednesday or before they played law the week before, and he said to me, he goes, I, I just have a feeling we're going back to Avon. And I was like, well, you already did it once, so what's the harm? But who knows? Anything can happen. All right, so that completes the Class M quarterfinals. We're going to go to L. This game, I've said this to numerous people, I think these are the two best teams in class L. And they are meeting in the first round. We have number eight, Daniel Hand, traveling not to St. Joe's. They're going to play Kennedy Stadium in Bridgeport because St. Joe's doesn't have lights. Play number one, St. Joe's, in a rematch of the most anticipated football game that I ever remember, uh, the 2019 Class M Championship, one versus yeah. two. The one and that got upstaged. That's <laughs> the one that got upstaged by Newtown, but... We all thought Hand was dead weeks ago. We we're like, there's no way they could get in. Things fell their way. Thanksgiving, you know, Thanksgiving Eve, Thames River, Quinnebog helped. Um, and Daniel Hand is here at 7-3. and three. The bonus points, the scheduling points helped them 
jumped Fitch to get into the playoffs. And here they are, Seth Schweitzer, Patch Flanagan, Ethan O'Brien, with a chance in the playoffs to knock off the defending champs, St. Joe's, who come in at 9-1. and one. Uh, Their only loss is to Darianne. And, you know, St. Joe's looked good on Thanksgiving. You know, they took advantage of opportunities that Trumbull gave them, and they made them pay. And if you can do that, you can win a lot of games. Sean, who do you got? I think some of the best players on the field, well, both teams have great players, but, uh, you know, Seth Weicher has been amazing for hand. Patch Flanagan, you know, I saw, I haven't seen them since they lost a shell. I think I've, I haven't seen Hand win a game this year. <laughs> seen him lose two twice. And, uh, you know, they were in there. They just, they just, they're like gnats. They just don't go away. Uh, if you're a good team, you know, there's always a shot that the, that the Switch is going to get you. But, you know, I think St. Joseph's just has a little bit more well-rounded group. You know, their defense has been very good. I think they have the guys who can, if not cover Switzer, but hang with them, you know. And I don't think Ham has the defense really that's really stopped St. Joseph like maybe a Darian did a few weeks ago or a month ago. Um, you know, St. Uh, Han, I think this is the thing with Han. The playoff points helped them 100%. If not, we'd be looking at Fitch going to St. Joe right now. And no offense to Fitch, I think Fitch has been, was very good. And I, I, uh, it's too bad they're not here. But I think Han is definitely the better team. Will they beat St. Joe's? I don't think anyone's going to beat St. Joe's with this round, at least. Han's going to give it a go. They've been competitive with all these teams. I just don't see it happening. In the long term, I'm going to go with St. Joe's. This was the second game that I picked it one way and scratched out. So, like, if I get the point seven five points, probably if I win. But I, I initially uh, was going to pick Hand. I think they're, I think they're together, and uh, they're on a roll. Well, they've won, they've won a bunch of games now. They're going to drop one out of the last eight, right? And uh, they're a good team. Uh, St. Joe's might not be a great team. They might be a really good team. That might be enough to win Class L. Uh, I'm going to pick St. Joe's, but like I, like I said, along with uh, along with uh, what was it uh, Notre Dame Fairfield against Cromwell Portland. It, it, it this is I'm not sure, but I'm going St. Joe's. Daniel Hand is uh, the eight seed. They played Massick in to get their first win of the year after they started 0-2, and they thumped Massick. Absolutely thumped Massick at Massick. Um, I really, really like this Daniel Hand team. Their losses are to Fairfield Prep, New Canyon, Shelton. And you talk, who's going to cover Schweitzer? Well, let me tell you, there's a sophomore named Ethan Long on St. Joe's who locked down Corbin Smith on Thanksgiving. Corbin Smith mm-hmm. is one of the best, if not the best, overall athlete player in the state of Connecticut. Yeah, Corbin had six catches, a couple of screens. He broke a couple. Any deep ball, Ethan Long was there. He picked three of them off. Should have had four. Should have, could have had. He had one interception taken down to the one. He had one interception that he scored on, and he dropped an interception that he could have taken to the house easily for a touchdown. If he is going to be shadowing Shane, uh, Seth Schweitzer, you know, watch out. He's really good. Obviously, Seth is very good as well. Um, that's just one facet of it. You look at the whole thing. I, I just think St. Joe's has a lot more pieces. I think this is a team that can win a state title, but I do think this is going to be the best quarterfinal game in L. And I think there's another quarterfinal game that can compete with it when we get to double up, but I'm going with St. Joe's. Okay. Move down. I, agree with you, actually. I don't agree. It's going to be the best game. No, I don't think so. I think St. Joe's rolls. You like the hog big, huh? Yeah. 
Listen, this is a, this, these type of games you look at, you're like, wow, hand at St. Joe. And these things, you look at them, you're like, this could go either way. And reality, I don't think so. They're going to be better games out there. But, you know, hey, maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I'm covering the game. So <laughs> hand can yell at me when they win. They can scream at me and all that stuff. As long as you line up for interviews, I'm good for it. So. <laughs> All right, we're gonna we got another uh, another L game. We have number seven Massick going up to Veterans Field, up into the Valley to play the number two Naugatuck Greyhounds. Naugatuck pulled off a huge upset on Thanksgiving, snapping Antonio's 103 game win streak. It was so exciting that game that Joe Morelli texted me in the middle of it and goes, "This is insane." Um, boy, Joe. He didn't and, text me. I'm a little upset. <laughs> My game's and crazy. Then, and Massick. Knocked off Newtown for the first time in 10 years on a last-second field goal by Michael uh, Epifano. 37 yards with no time left to send Mastic to the playoffs uh, and to beat Newtown, like I said, for the first time in 10 years. I, I'll i go first on this one. I like Mastic, and I'm, I'm picking Mastic, so I'm just going to get that out of the way right now. I'm picking Mastic. Since... Nick Saku has moved out from quarterback into a running back, wide receiver, kind of hybrid slot back, H back, whatever you want to. I don't know what the actual terms are. But, and they put Dylan Jackson under center. They've allowed Nick Saku to get the ball in so many different ways. And that makes him so much more dangerous. I think they're a better team than they were when they were, than, than they were at the beginning of the year. Yes. Um, and I think that's the big reason for it. Nick Saku and Ryan Saku at wide receivers kind of form this really amazing duo. Yes, they're twins, and I'm pretty sure they're identical. Um, but it gives this Massac offense a completely different look than it did when they played hand the first time at the beginning of the year. Uh, so I, I don't want to judge Massac off of that. Now, they need to turn the ball over less. I, I know Dylan Jackson threw a couple of picks in the play in the uh, Thanksgiving Eve game against Newtown. You can't turn the ball over here in the playoffs. Uh, that said, I do think Nick Sackew at a not a quarterback at running back and wide receiver makes him so much more dangerous. And for that reason, I'm going with massive Jeff, what do you got? You know, I, I just can't apologize to Naugatuck enough for, <laughs> you know, saying that Ansonio was going to steamroller them. Oof. Uh, so I really, really want to apologize to them and then say that, uh, yeah, massive <laughs> I would like to, uh, <laughs> I would like to apologize to to uh, to Nogatug for on behalf of Jeff, uh, <laughs> I'd like to apologize, Nogatug. I don't know, I don't know, Naga, I don't know. But that, with that said, I'm gonna go with Massic as well, because uh, you know Massic plays likes a new town and and uh, you know they've been tested. I mean, I, Noggy, great job at beating Ansonia. I think we were all waiting for Ansonia to lose this year, just took till Nogatug to do it. Um, you know, there were some thoughts that Naugata might be the best team in the league. I thought it was going to be Holy Cross, but, you know, I was wrong on that. But in that regard, I think Matt, listen, Massick is uh, battle tested with the uh, Panthers. So so we've only disagreed on one so far, right? Oh, Sean far. going to Ellington? Yeah, yeah I, took a, I took a leap of faith. You guys are all... Well, I don't think anyone... I think maybe one of us will take a leap of faith in this game. We have a CCC matchup at Falcon Field, where number six, Bristol Central and Victor Rosa will come to town to play the number three, Maloney Spartans. Now, Maloney playoffs for the fourth straight season. Very well done. Good job, Kevin and the Spartans. Okay, they reached the finals in 18. They reached the semifinals in 19. Through those 
three postseason trips, they are three and three. And three of those wins have come against CCC opponents. Bristol Central is obviously from the CCC. That said, the teams did not play in the regular season this year for the first time in a long time because of the CCC realignment where Maloney jumped up to tier one or division one. I think it was, uh, it wasn't that, it wasn't that long ago, but it, it, it's 2009, 2009. Yeah, that that's, a, that's a pretty long time, but, um, you know, so Maloney played in tier one in the CCC. Bristol central was playing in tier three. Oof. Victor Rosa, 2,600 yards, 34 touchdowns. Wrestling. He's wildly talented. He has never faced a defense like this Maloney. This not this year. No, not this year. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Not in this season. I don't think Bristol Central has been challenged defensively. They did play Bloomfield in week one. It was 7-6 Bloomfield win. Um, so I do want to note that. But I think this is a different team that they have seen from what they've seen all year. But since I picked the last one, uh, Jeff, would you like to go first? Yeah, I'd like to pick Maloney. Uh, <laughs> I do think I, I'm really hopeful that Rosa has like one of those really special days, win or lose, that we get to see him, you know, pop yeah. up a lot of yards. So I'm looking for, I, I want this game to be, come back and say that this is one of the most exciting games in the, uh, in the, in the, in the first round because of Rosa, but I'm going with Maloney. Yeah, I don't see that happening, Jeff. I think this is a complete package team. Maloney is just uh, defensively has been great all year in the offense. Took a little while for it to get rolling. Angel Ars and those guys, you know, like running back is good. And yeah, they got some ridiculous receivers. Uh, anything Rosa can throw at them, they will respond in kind because Bristol Central defenses can be at least a sieve. So, in that regard, I think Maloney was big. I'm going with Spartans. Maloney's defense this year has forced 24 turnovers. Ooh. 16 of them interceptions. That said, Bristol Central doesn't really throw the ball that much. So, but they got guys like Tylee Flowers, uh, Ian Graham, Michael Reddick, who plays linebacker for them, is so fast. And I think he's, I think they're going to, they're going to be in the Bristol Central backfield all day. Uh, so I got Maloney in this one as well. And we're going to wrap up class L with number five, Windsor traveling to Beaver stadium to play number four, Cheney tech. Um, Windsor's Windsor tech school has never won a playoff game. Sean, who do you got? I'm going with Windsor. I'm going out on a limb here. Taking Windsor. Jeff, you're a man of great moral, uh, moral courage once refused to pick this the uh, the uh, Bridgeport Central uh, was a Basic game and uh, I would love not to pick this one but I need the W's so I'm going to go with w, with Windsor. I will uh, complete the sweep. We'll go with Windsor and we will move up to double L for the big boy bracket um, only because it's double L. All right, first one is another rematch. We spoke about earlier this year. Num- uh, earlier in the show, we got number eight, Greenwich, traveling to Rafferty Stadium to play number one, Fairfield Prep. Uh, these two teams met. Sean, you were there earlier this year on October 2nd. Greenwich won 14-7. Um, since that game, Prep has won six straight, has pitched three shutouts, and is allowing just 8.3 points a game. 
Greenwich has had a very up and down year uh, needing to win to get into the playoffs. And they did on Thanksgiving against Staples in overtime. Thomas Foster scoring the touchdown to send Greenwich to the playoffs. Uh, this is this is a really good game, and this is a game that I wish we didn't have in the quarterfinal because I do think it's it's a, a really good game. But I also think these two teams are completely different than they were when they met on in in October. I think Fairfield Prep is a much better team. Uh, I also think Greenwich is a better team in playing their best. Sean, you were at the first one, so you get to pick this one. Yeah, yeah, a lot of it was a lot different game. I remember sitting there at the in the end zone with Scott Erickson and being like, "Oof, this is terrible. This game is ridiculously bad." But and then later on, I, on the on the meet ground, I was like, you know, maybe I guess I was watching a defensive like you know masterpiece. Maybe I just don't. I'm just too conditioned to one offense. And Granite's just two touchdowns where he on broken plays, and uh, and. Fairfield Prep's defense played really well, but just could not get anything going offensively until the game was pretty much out of reach. You know, just given the way they were, lots of turnovers, lots of, you know, sacks and lots of big stops and that stuff. I expect something similar. I think it's a much different Fairfield Prep team than we saw uh, back then. I mean, they, like you just mentioned, shutout after shutout, shutout. You know, Time Ain't Smith has been, you know, the SEC co-player of the year all of a sudden. You know, he and he got that thing going. Now, remember, Greenwich lost to Shelton 35-14. That was early in the year, so give him a little bit of a mug on that. But Fairfield Prep later on just absolutely lit the wood to Shelton, 54 to zip. And, uh, you know, I think that's kind of like where we are now. Now, Greenwich may, might have exhausted itself trying to get in. Fairfield Prep also has the uh, little extra day off. I like the Jesuits to advance. If there were two games I'd want to be at, and I guess, John, and I would disagree on uh, on – how close St. Joe's hand is going to be. I'd love to be at that game. And this is the other game I'd, I'd, I'd love to be at. If this was sort of like a secret hand, if this, if the game went like this, I got Fairfield prep. But football is a game of emotions and wild swings and turnovers and stuff. There's an upside to that Greenwich offense that is capable of breaking some big plays. I'm going with the Cardinals in some kind of big play at a, at a big time. Pull out like a three-point victory, something like that. So I'm going to go with, I guess you'd see it as an upset. But uh, as I've said all year, if Greenwich loses one more game, I'll, I'll vote for him number one <laughs> in the fall. <laughs> so I'm going to go with Greenwich. All right, uh, we're moving down. I, Jeff, I think I would if Greenwich wins, I wouldn't call it an. I don't think it's an upset. I think those are two really good teams. But we'll move on. It's not like we. It's not. Who'd like you see. pick? I picked Pete. Prep. I picked Fairfield. Oh, oh, I didn't pick. I'm picking oh, yeah, Fairfield Prep. Pick. I'm sorry. I thought I picked first. I'm picking Fairfield Prep. Okay. <laughs> sorry. Uh, I, thought, I thought people were going to go on the whole big thing about how, how great Ogan uh, Galetta is and how much that you like. Do you like this Fairfield Prep team? Do you like what they're doing there? <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway, but but uh, this, this, it wouldn't be a shock. I mean, we've seen eight over ones in double level four. Double level is just a toss-up every yeah. round. So Yes, it is. And uh, so now we move on. We got number seven, Southington, who has become very familiar to traveling to Fairfield County in the playoffs, just never to hear. 
and they go to Dunning Stadium to play the number two seeded New Canaan Rams, fresh off their fourth straight win against Darian in the Turkey Bowl. Um, I mean, this New Canaan team has confused me all season. They've just confused. Me. They probably Norwalk's full is fully healthy Norwalk team. Maybe they lose that game. They lost to Wilton. Um, they just have confused me, and I thought Darianne was going to run away with Thanksgiving. Little, what the heck do I know? New Canaan beats them, and they're, in, and they're in it. They're in the mix. They have a top seed. They have a home game. And maybe I just have to rethink everything about New Canaan. So I'm going to go first in this one because I completely forgot to pick the last game. But I'm going to go with New Canaan. I think... I, they just keep proving me wrong, so I'm just going to hopefully jump on the bandwagon and, and hopefully be rewarded for it. Hey, this this is a leap of faith for you? No, but no, it's not a leap of faith for me picking New Canaan. I just, oh. They've just confused me all season, oh. and, and here they are, 9-1 and one, and the number two seed in double L. I would really like to pick Southern in this spot. Like I just, but their track record against in the playoff recently. If this is the time, that, and then they lost to Hall and Connor, you know, and uh, you know, I I don't see them knocking off this defense in the cannon. Let's let's say it is probably one of the best in the state. If you know, maybe top five up there with Bloomfield and Fairfield Prep, and you know, their their defense is great. I think. It might even be better. I think they showed it on uh, Thanksgiving. It might even be better than than New, than, than Darien's, which I didn't think I'd say a month ago. But that said, uh, you know, at, at Dunning State, they don't lose there unless uh, unless it's Will <laughs> or St. Joe's. <laughs> uh, that's right. They didn't lose to. Did they? No, they didn't lose. Yeah, they didn't lose Wilton. That's right. Yeah. Oh man, or St. Joe. Right. Yeah. It's just something is neither of those. I'm going to go with the Rams. Um, yeah, I have no problem picking New Canaan in this game. And I'm going to say this. you got the defense and that coaching staff for the New Canaan Rams. I will not be shocked if they're holding up the Class Double L trophy and end up as a number one team in the mm. state. I will not be shocked. They can definitely, as long as... Uh... Defensive coordinator Chris Silvestri is listening to Lisa Loeb in his pregame music <laughs> like he's been known to do. I could totally you see that happening. That's the key. That's the key. That's the key to Chris, I swear. Marinelli <laughs> <laughs> L- L- was telling me yesterday that Chris has been bailing him out since a, as a player and a coach for years. So Chris, uh, Chris is big, big pop this week for Chris uh, is Chris for... is all time, but you know who you know who coaches with Chris at New Canaan Youth Football? Scott Erickson. Yeah, there it is. They're buddies. They're, they're kids. They're, full circle now. Yeah, so Scott. So Scott's got, you know, Scott, I think, is being groomed himself into being a a, a new Canaan football coach eventually. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this. We've got number six, Hamden, traveling to number three, Darian. Look, if I'm Hamden, I'd never want to play Darian in the spot, let alone play Darian coming off. Oh, well, you're in class double L playoffs, Hamden. No, Let's but go. I don't think you want to. I don't think you wanted to play Darian, but let alone Darian coming off a loss. Yeah. Um, to New Canaan, uh, they got to play somebody. Up, but you have to play someone. Um, Hamden is in. They're eight and two. They beat Notre Dame Westhaven for the first time since two thousand and five. So big congrats to them. They get to wear green next year. 
in the Green Bowl. So that is exciting. We got Hamden, Darianne. Hamden in the playoffs for the first time since 2008. Goes up against Darianne, who was the number one team for most of the season. Uh, coming in with their really great defense. Obviously a loss against New Canaan on Thanksgiving. Uh, Jeff, who do you got in this one? Well, if they beat Darian, we can't say that Hampton hasn't played anybody anymore, right? That's that, that's <laughs> yeah. the good news. The bad news is they're playing Darian. So yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I have uh, no problem picking the blue wave. But I will say this. Uh, I uh, I picked uh, Darian heavily in the turkey ball, very heavily. And I am nursing a, a pulled hammy and a bruised sternum falling off the blue wave bandwagon so much so that I have voted for New Canaan as the number one team in the state. Sorry, Hamden, there, man. You're going to have to reprove it to me. Hamden's players are just indignant at their treatment by Game Time CT. They don't think we give them any love at all. You beat West Haven. I thought we talked about them a bit early on in the season. Thought it was a good win. Looked the rest of the way down. I'm like, eh. They lose to North Haven. Their North Haven's first win of the year. They go starting the season 0-4. To me, took Hamden out of the discussion. They need to play their way back into it. Beating Sheehan, okay, Sheehan, the class S school, not gonna cut it. Beating Law, not in the playoffs, a decent team, had their share of losses, that's not gonna cut it. Beating what was basically a shell of a Notre West David team on the Green Ball, great win. That's not gonna cut it. As Pete said a couple weeks ago, go into the playoffs and beat somebody. You guys got, let, let's not sugarcoat it. You guys got a schedule that's not at the rest of these other other teams. It's not Greenwich's schedule. It's not Fairfield Prep's schedule. It's not Shelton's schedule. Shelton's looking at your schedule going, how the heck can you guys get this? And you're only finished a seed below us. You know? So, Hamden, you guys, if you guys really want to show us what you're about, people, the, the whole town loves it. They're, they, they're all on board. We had the inauguration, they're talking about you. You guys are the toast of the town right now, which is great, and that's awesome. You have the two great players, Duma and Winder, have been great. Now you gotta show up. Now the Hosannas are over. You guys gotta show up. Even if they hang tough with Darianne, it's not gonna be enough. It's good, but you gotta win. You gotta win hand. You want you wanna be for real, you gotta beat Darianne. Darianne showed New Canaan has a blueprint right there. Thanksgiving, they showed you this is what you need to do to beat Darianne. You guys have it in front of you. You know, you, you got a coach who's won a couple state champions. You busted my chops at the, the chapter dinner saying, you pass our school, which is very true, on the way to all the Fairfield County games you go to see during the regular season. You don't ever stop once. And that is 100% true. The reason though, Tommy, is those teams play big games Where's your big game? Go up to, to tier one, do something. Hamden is a, one of the biggest schools in the state. You guys want to show it? You guys got your moment? This is it. Beat Darian. I don't think they're going to do it. I'm picking the blue wave. Big. Wow. That's wow. my rant. It, it kind of it puts my, my little statement that I thought that Hamden should have been forced to play a play-in game on Saturday against one of the FCAC teams that didn't make it. Makes me sound kind of somber. Sorry, it's just this has just been <laughs> brewing all year long. Now it's not. Now, I told Tommy too. 
if you guys beat somebody in the playoffs, I don't care who it was at the time, we didn't know, I will be the first to go to bow down to them and say, you guys are amazing. If they lose, you know, hey, have a good season. But we thought this was going to happen. So there, it's all or nothing here. You got to not just show up. They show up, you know, you can say, hey, listen, now. But now we're talking about this is the playoffs now. The, the kid gloves are off. Let's go. You heard me, Hannah. Play this in your locker room. Okay, well, I'm, I'm just going to pick Darianne and we'll <laughs> advance. All right, we got our last game in Ugh, double L. started. We got, no, you already got started. We got number five, <laughs> Shelton, uh, traveling up to West Hartford to play the number four Hall Warriors. Um, Shelton's eight and two, Hall's nine and one. I have said my piece about Hall all season. Um, I picked them to lose almost every time that we've had them on, in, on this show, uh, except for the Mayor's Cup against Conard. I picked Hall, so thank you for that. And I, you know, Leo Leo Pereira's got 19 rushing touchdowns. Sean, your boy Matt Farber, uh, having a great season, 45 catches. Um, Shelton hasn't played. By the time this game k- kicks off, it's been 18 days Oof. since they've played a game. Yeah. Okay, I know that they were trying to get scrimmages and and other stuff uh, to keep the team going, but it has been a long time. That said, it's still Shelton. I think they're a really good team. Um, You know, good for Hall for getting here, but that's about as far as you're going to go. I think the Gales take this one easily. What I just said about Hand kind of applies to Hall too, you know. So I'm not going to go on a big rant here about it, but you know, I, everyone called it. They won it. That's it was all the, everyone in the class double field. Who's going to win the all sweepstakes? You know, because you almost lost the award, and everyone's looking at that going, <laughs> you know, the all class double L was there on us, on, and they saw you struggle a little bit with Connor. Connor's not bad, but you know. That's another team. Hall, you got to show up. You got to show them what you got because the, the the Southern schools are all licking their chops. Shelton got you. I don't know what Shelton thinks, but uh, but certainly the, uh, everyone's been licking their chops to, to, you know, get you on the field. Maloney showed everyone that blueprint too. I'm going with uh, Shelton. Hey, um, I arrived a little late at my sister's uh, <laughs> family Thanksgiving and the first thing I did was make a beeline to my future uh, son-in-law to discuss this game, even before I said hello to some of my other relatives, and that was pointed out to me. But you know, business is business, as they say. <laughs> and uh, I, uh, I explained to my future son-in-law that that um, I had Shelton by seven. That's it. I wanted to break it easy, break it, you know, yeah. break it to him easy, and you know, like go from there, and so. Yeah, my answer, Shelton. There was n- no food was thrown. It was mostly consumed by me, and uh, and uh, but that was it. And the only people I uh, upset was talking too much football with my future son-in-law. Mm, well, not you'll... not not exchanging pleasantries with other family members. Shelton. Well, this is what you get when you're the game time CT football columnist. You gotta, <laughs> you know, if there's a if there's a coach sitting at your table, you gotta talk yeah, to. Him. You, I'm not Scott Erickson. I'm not the future defensive yeah. coordinator. At <laughs> no, Scott definitely won't be. But um, all right. Well, that wraps this one up. This 
we're going to, this is going to be a quick turnaround because once Tuesday's games happen, the three of us will be back on probably Wednesday doing this again and getting this out before Sunday's semifinal games. So this is a quick turnaround. We've been here long enough. I'm going to, I'm going to wrap us up for Sean Patrick Foley, for Jeff Jacob. I'm Pete Paguaga. We will see you out on the field Tuesday and you will hear from us again later this week. Have a wonderful day. Wonderful day.